This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We have a lot of real good football talk coming your way this hour. We go inside NFL training camp a couple of times. We go to Tennessee. We go to Jacksonville, catch up with the AFC South. A little more about Helmetgate. Yes, it continues today. We'll hear from John Gruden. He claps back at Ann. Antonio Brown a little bit, maybe even his general manager a little bit. But first, we're bringing on in Scott Alexander, host of Primetime Sports on WLAE and CST. He's on Twitter, at DScottAlexander. My friend, how you doing? Seth Dunlap, it's been far too long. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I, I'm good. How is this the summer trickling away in the Alexander household? Um, it's trickling away, that's for sure. I mean, it is here. I got two kids at LSU, moved up one of them in last week, and, um, you know, we got the rugby thing rolling. I'm getting ready for some college football, doing a little bit with Tim Brando. And, uh, of course, we had a preseason game with uh, none other than yours your truly, Zach Streif and, uh, and, and Deuce McAllister. So it's just about to get real busy. Yeah, it Plus is. a TV show, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just throw the, the sprinkle the TV show on the top of that, which is one of the most yeah. time-consuming things you could probably do. Uh, you mentioned LSU there. You got a couple of kids at LSU, former LSU Tiger yourself. Um, yep. I, I, I want to ask you about the, the rankings of this football team. Everybody has them anywhere between six and eight, depending on the publication. The AP poll six, the coaches poll six. And the last 10 years, the champion has come from the preseason top seven in that AP poll. Scott, are you buying the hype here? Is this a national championship caliber team? It could be. It could be. I mean, I don't. I think they have to prove a few things, starting with this Texas game on the seventh. But the things shape up a little bit differently than last year because yet last year, you know, they had to come from way back at 25. They got all the way up into the top five, and they weren't expected to do anything. They had that schedule that was so rough, but then they beat Miami. They beat Georgia. They were taking out some opponents that, you know, quite frankly, not many people thought they could take out before the season. And this one, there's no Georgia on the schedule. Yep, you have Texas in place in Miami, but um, it lightens up a little bit. And, you know, we know the SEC West is hard to navigate, but there's some opportunity there. And, um, you know, until you beat Bama, you have to show me you can beat Bama. So that's, that's a big what if. I mean, it's kind of tough being in the same conference, not not even just the same conference, same division as the best team in, in literally all of football for the last 10 years overall. I know Clemson's come on strong. But that said, I mean, if you're going to do it, and I've heard this other people say it, but it's true, I mean, you might have a shot this year. Bama's got a lot of new people rolling in. They do have a great, and I mean great, quarterback and great receivers, and they have a great running back too. But their defense put in a lot. But as far as buying in, they have a shot. So that's, that's what I can tell you. They have a shot, and it's legitimate. Um, can they live up to the hype, though? That's a big thing. Once you're the the hunter, it's a little easier to to get through and kind of surprise people. But now, you know, you've proven yourself. You're a little more hunted. Joe Burrow's getting some national pub finally. 
And this team is being looked at a whole lot differently than it looked at the year before going into the season. Can they live up to this hype? Yeah, what a difference a year makes. As we were talking about, oh, they're going to win six, seven games this time last year. I know you were never on board with that, Scott. Yeah, what a difference a year makes, huh? Yeah, I know. The perception of everybody else is amazing. That's why I mean, it's funny. I think I told you this a month ago. That's why I'm tempering it a little bit because I do know how hard that SEC schedule is to navigate. And it is a – let's just say Texas beats beat you at home and that's a possibility texas has got a really sure. good team particularly on offense they got good skill position players and certainly the quarterback if they win this lsu game could become a heisman trophy candidate but if you lose that that one there i mean you're playing on the road so it's not impossible by any means Texas is a good team then they could, you could see a snowball effect and you know those games that every time they seem to have a mediocre year they lose to mississippi state or something like that you know what i'm saying when they play well and they beat state for so many straight years but that that that's one game that you can't kind of lose. You know, you always know that Florida, Auburn, Alabama are going to be really wars, and you can't lose those those other games. You know, the the A and M they lost this past year. A and M's obviously going to be vastly improved from what they were when when the LSU beat up on them for years. But you know, but the fact is, those are games you got to win just to get to those big important ones. So, you know, it, it, if you don't stub your toe, you really have a good shot to keep this thing moving that early schedule once you get past texas for the first time in years really lines up for you up till you get to those really big big games in late october and uh early november well you mentioned tim brando you've been partners with him for a long time on the national broadcast he's done he works for fox sports now going to be part of that broadcast crew tim will again uh saturdays this fall actually starts uh, next week i believe and tim's brought up something that i think and i'm surprised not a lot of other people involved with the sport have brought up and that is the dwindling enthusiasm really once you get outside of the sec bubble for college football ratings are taking a hit shows national shows aren't covering it this time of year brando's been very passionate about this that scott and you've traveled a lot kind of like tim is it true once you get outside of this bubble that maybe college football the lack of parity at the top is hurting the sport like tim thinks it does well, Tim's very passionate. You know, this is my 27th year being involved with Tim Brando. So, I mean, I can tell you. Uh, and he's passionate not just on the national forum. He's passionate when we're having beers after uh, games. You know, I mean, he's, he loves this sport. I mean, he truly loves college football. I mean, he loves college basketball. You know, he likes the NFL. But he loves, I mean, loves college football. So, he it bothers him that there's not more chances he really wants that 18 playoff. I mean, I, that's been a big thing. Let me tell you this: I, I don't, I can't speak for the ratings because that's a whole different thing, and those obviously speak volumes. But I think there's a lot, of, a lot of things going to that rating thing. But for me, I, I don't really see it because we always seem to have one of the big games of the week, right? And we always get a big, like you know, we get, you know, for instance, start the season, you got Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan for us. I mean, you know, those are big venues, and they, they're always going to be sold out. There's always a lot of excitement around the stadium so yeah if you ask me if i see it because i've now have gone like i've been to your place at alma mater washington state and i saw one of the most raucous atmospheres i've ever seen in that oregon game last year the week before that we had iowa state when they rushed the field and you know West, they beat number six west virginia even the week after you watched the state game had a field rush with cal berkeley of all <laughs> teams right. washington. so it's like I, i've seen some excitement man and i've never i don't know if i ever was live for a a field rush in my life, and I saw three in three weeks. It was the craziest thing. So I see, I see excitement around college football. But you know what? Tim speaks 
from a basis. You know, if he if he's looking at the ratings and saying that, and that's a fact. I mean, I can't say anything about it, but yeah, I think Clemson, Alabama, uh, and and really not many other contenders, like whether it be Oklahoma, Ohio State. They seem to be the same group going every year. And, you know, football in the NFL is the opposite of that. You know, so many new teams come in the playoffs, and I think that really is healthy for a league. And in this sense, in this uh, area, college football, it really – it would be helpful if you did have more names at the top instead of the same old thing. Do you think that the eight-team playoff is inevitable eventually? Maybe not in the next couple of years. I think the, the playoff has a contract that runs around, I want to say, 2024, but maybe after that? I think it is, and I think that's where it'll stop. But I think that's a good, good place because, you know, you look at college basketball. I mean, listen, we we all love the regular season, but the regular season still matters to get you into this. And I think I think you know you have the you have quarterfinals, you have four games, and then you have the two games to lead into the final. And I, I think I think the entire country wants it. I think that. We know the other side of it. Go, hey, is it too many games? We'll, we'll take one game off your schedule. If you think you're playing too many, go with 11 then, if that's the case, if that's what your reasoning is. Um, I think it just adds to the excitement and adds more teams that have a chance at the end of the year. Because you know once you get into the dance, particularly in the eight-team dance as opposed to the 68-team dance in basketball, all those teams will have a chance. They really will. And I think when you have eight teams get in, that means there's like, 16 or 18 that have a chance to get into that final eight in the last say week or two. I mean, realistically, everybody's fighting for that, that last two, three spots, just like they're doing now in the four. And that the more excitement you have, more teams that have a chance to get in later in the year, I think that can only add to the excitement of college football. Yeah, I'm with you. We're chatting with Scott Alexander, host of Primetime Sports on WLAE and CST. The Saints talk has been dominated the last couple of days by this Teddy Bridgewater versus Taysom Hill debate. Scotty been caught up in this? Uh, I'm not caught up in it because I realize what it is. It's one game. It's like last week I thought Teddy Bridgewater way outplayed Taysom Hill. But Taysom Hill showed us one thing on Sunday. He showed us that, man, this guy can lead a team. I mean, he was a leader. Uh, I mean, he listened. The one pass that, that was impressive, obviously, was the touchdown to Austin Carr. But let's be honest. There, obviously, there was a mix-up on defense. Austin was wide open. But I'm not taking away from what he did in that play. He, he threw a bullet. And even with some coverage, it might have even gotten there. But the way he uh, runs is just something we've never seen over here, except maybe Bobby Douglas one year, I think. Maybe it was running. Or Archie Manning was running around. We haven't seen any quarterback like this. I mean, I I heard on the broadcast that, you know, Peyton says he's the second fastest quarterback in NFL history. I think Randall Cunningham might have something to say about that and <laughs> a few others. But but the fact is, is the guy can run, and he has pocket awareness. I mean, I was impressed. I rewound a couple of those times he got out of the pocket at least three times I rewound them just to say, wow, okay, he's, he, he feels the pressure. He dances out of it really well. And like I said, this is one game. He played very, very well in this one game. We know when it gets to regular season, you're playing against first teams. You can't run like that. You're going like that, that one time he didn't go out of bounds. Yet I love that he goes for the extra yard. But that's how you get killed in this game. I mean, you're going to get killed doing that if you become a regular quarterback. But there's nothing I can say negative about Taysom Hill for what he brings to a football team. I, I just love everything about it. Now, is he a pure NFL quarterback? No, not by a long shot. But, man, I'm going to tell you what, he took that team and led them. And they were behind. And I said, man, 
this guy is showing some leadership skills that I didn't know he had. I knew he was a leader, but I didn't see him leading an offense down the field as often as he did in that game, and it was impressive. Well, Scott, I would, I could not do a segment with you without talking a little bit of Pelicans. It would just be silly. Maybe we got to do that. <laughs> so yesterday, the results of the league's, the NBA's annual survey of incoming incoming rookies was released. Some surprising results here. Not surprising that the rookies thought Zion Williamson would win Rookie of the Year. He got garnered 35% of that vote. It was surprising to me that his fellow rookies in this anonymous survey thought that five other guys would have better careers than him in the NBA, including, Scott, this, this blew my mind, including Jackson Hayes. I'm not taking any shots at Jackson Hayes. He's great in the summer league, but I don't think you'd find a scout or a player, uh, anybody, to go on record and say Jackson Hayes is going to have an equitable career to Zion Williamson. There was some other stuff in this, too. He won the award for most athletic. Did you take anything away from that, sir? You think it was as ridiculous as I did? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's hate. I mean, it is what it is. He's getting a lot of publicity. I think people are a little a little over it. He's got, you know, they got to thirty games, which I think um, is kind of un, un, unheard of, really, for a rookie like this from a team that wasn't that wasn't much expected. Certainly didn't much, do much last year, and they lost one of the best players in in the NBA. And now a rookie comes in, and that that hype is 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 a lot. There's going to be a lot to live up with with with. Uh, Zion Williamson, and I hope I hope he can handle that pressure because what I like about it, there's no pressure necessarily to win. I just think that there's going to be pressure on him to maybe be rookie of the year, so I hope he doesn't play into that. Um, but, yeah, all that other crap, Seth, I, I don't care. I don't buy into it. I know we have a special player, okay, and I want to see him grow with this team. And I love the fact that Drew Holiday and J.J. Redick are fired up to be able to play with this young man, and they, they can't wait. And these are proven veterans in our league that have done a lot of good things in the league, and they're excited to be a part of it, and that fires me up. He's Scott Alexander, always fired up. I am when he's on the show, host of Primetime Sports on WLAE and CST. That returns this fall. And, look, if you're not following on Twitter, I don't know what you're doing, at Alexander. Scott, always appreciate the time, man. It was fun. I love you, bro. Take care, man. Y'all be good. All right, dude. There you go. Scott Alexander. Always love chatting with him. We'll be doing a lot more once NBA season tips off, and that is only two months away in the regular season, less than that if you're talking preseason and training camp. We'll take a break. Phone lines are now open for you the rest of the hour. It's 504-260-1870. Text line is 870-870. Helmet gate will not go away. We heard from Antonio Brown yesterday and his agents. Today, John Gruden has his say. We'll hear from Chucky when we come back on the last lap. Look, no politics at all here. I'm not taking a side on this. I just found one of the most 2019 headlines ever. It made me laugh a lot during this last break. The headline that I ran into on Twitter, and again, no no politics either side here. Uh, Trump postpones trip to Denmark after Prime Minister refuses to sell him Greenland. That is about the most 2019 headline I've ever seen, and it's fantastic. No matter what, no matter what side of the fence you're on, there. I mean, that is that's incredible stuff. Only in 2019. Do we have a headline like that? <laughs> Good stuff. Back here on the last lap. Enough of that, you know, sub-politic stuff. Let's get back to sports. And what really matters, of course, is uh, Helmet Gate out in Oakland. Antonio Brown first said he was going to retire, threatened to do that if he couldn't wear his helmet. Well, lost that grievance. Well, he's not going to retire, just not going to show up to Raiders camp. We went over this yesterday. His general manager, Mike Mayock, is not happy. He's still not there. 
and now John Gruden is weighing in. The Raiders head coach saying he still has faith in Antonio Brown. We'll see. I guess that's what John Gruden has to say. His general manager might be able to make some between-the-lines references to how unhappy he is. Gruden would be committing a massive self-inflicted wound if he said anything to Antonio Brown, considering he's going to be play-calling for that receiver. I also said Antonio Brown, not a distraction here, which I don't know if this is true or not. Or so he says, I will say this, they will be one of the must-watch teams in the NFL this year. And humans love to watch disaster it's kind of the ugly side of our humanity we can't look away when bad things are happening when train wrecks car wrecks happen terrible stuff well in the sports world we also love a disaster and it seems like that's what's happening in oakland inside nfl training camp next in tennessee welcome back to the show we do it every single day here on the last lap we take a trip around the country to go inside nfl training camp afc west AFC North in the books. And now this week we go to the AFC South and we'll start in Tennessee. And to Tennessee we go talking some Titans with Terry McCormick, publisher of TitansInsider.com. And he's on Twitter at TerryMC13. Terry, how you doing? Good. How are you guys? Look, I am I am great. So let's start with the quarterback here. I guess that's what we're doing today. We're going to talk Jaguars a little later. I know we'll start with quarterback there. Uh, Marcus Mariota certainly has been in the league long enough, we all know this, where fans want to see – uh, the player that he was billed to be. How's he looked in training camp, and is there progress there, Terry? Well, I think the biggest thing for Marcus is just to stay healthy. I think, uh, you know, he's looked pretty good in training camp. Uh, he's had some days where he's looked really good, and he's had some days where he's misfired. I think that kind of is sort of the, the story of his career thus far, that and the injuries. I think, uh, you know, the other night against the New England Patriots, uh, they – Stalled for the first couple of series with three and out. Then all of a sudden, they put together an 11-play drive. It went, I think, 87 yards, and he hit Delaney Walker for a touchdown. So, you know, that's been kind of the mark of Marcus Mariota uh, throughout the four years of his career, just that uh, he's been a little bit inconsistent and a little bit injury-prone. The offense certainly revolves uh, around him, and quarterback play in that division is uh, has been elevated to the point where I think every every franchise in that AFC South, you know, assuming the healthier of Mariota and also Andrew Luck, um, every every franchise is going to have every team is going to have that franchise type of quarterback, and it leads me to look just the question of where right now this team kind of fits in in that division, and one of the toughest divisions, Terry, that I think there is right now in the NFL. Yeah, I think there's a lot of parity in the AFC South. I think obviously. Uh, if Andrew Luck can get healthy and uh, be out there for the Indianapolis Colts, uh, they're probably the class of the division. I think, uh, you know, he can put that team. You know, you talk about franchise quarterbacks, but he's sort of like your guy in New Orleans, Drew Brees or Tom Brady or the the real elite type guys who can put the team on their back and turn a five-win team into an 11-win team just, just by being out there and executing the offense. Luck is that kind of guy. Every other team kind of wishes they had that kind of guy because their guys are a little bit up and down, a little bit, you know, some some weeks they play really well, some weeks they don't, and, and that sort of thing. And I think the Titans are probably top to bottom. I'd say they're probably the second best team in the division, but depending on how things shake out, they could finish anywhere from first to fourth simply because there is so much parity in the AFC South. That sounds a lot like what the Saints are dealing with here with the parity in the, in the NFC South, Terry. Uh, Terry, we, uh, we, we feel you there. Uh, 
and alongside Marcus Mariota in the backfield, of course, is is Derrick Henry, who had a breakout kind of year last year in year three of his career, 1,000-plus yards, 1,059, 12 touchdowns, contract year for Derrick Henry. Uh, expect, big, expect big things from him, Terry? Contract year for Henry, contract year for Mariota, contract year for uh, right tackle Jack Conklin. You know, lots of guys who are coming up on the, the final year of their deals. Uh, I think uh, Henry – showed last year in the last month of the season that uh, he could be a carry-the-load type of running back. And I think that the Titans are eager to build around that. He was nursing a calf injury uh, they sustained on the first day of training camp, just got back out on the field a little bit yesterday. They've been very limited in what they've done with him. Uh, Thus far, they're going to take it easy. Wouldn't shock me if he got a couple of carries Sunday night against Pittsburgh in the third preseason game. Wouldn't surprise me at all if they held him out and just waited for the regular season to get him going. But I think his challenge is to prove that what he did over the last five to six weeks of the season is not an aberration, that he can be that type of back for 16 games. So a couple of, well, three straight nine and seven seasons here, two from Mike Malarkey. Mike Vrabel last year comes in, takes over, and it's also nine and seven. Kind of that spot, and we all know this, Terry, you don't want to be in the NFL. You don't have a high draft pick, and you're not making the playoffs. If you do, you're one and done, not getting that good pick. Uh, is Mike Vrabel, if things go south here, is he safe? Is, is he on the hot seat here? How, what's Vrabel's status in his safety? I don't think so because he was John Robinson's hand-picked guy to be the head coach once they moved on from Mike Malarkey. They felt like Mike Malarkey had taken the team as far as he could. They wanted somebody who could elevate them to the next level. They felt like that Mike Vrabel, even though he's a first-time head coach, uh, could be that type of guy. He comes from the Patriots tree, just the same as John Robinson does. And, and I think, you know, he is Robinson's hand-picked guy. You know, if things were to go really south, you know, I still don't think that Vrabel would necessarily be on the hot seat because – you got to remember, if things go really south, then you've got to figure that either Marcus Mariota got hurt or had a terrible year, and they're going to move on from him and draft the next guy and try to rebuild. So, Brable will get the chance to operate either with Mariota having success or with his or with his quarterback that would be drafted in the next year or two. Harold Landry was linked to the Saints before he got drafted by Tennessee. Pass rushers Brian Arakpo, Derek Morden, they retired this offseason, so Landry now in the spotlight. Big year for him? Big year for him. He's actually not played at all in the preseason and uh, been out of practice the last couple of days. So, you know, they don't really tell us much about injuries at this time of year unless you can just dig it out of the source or something like that. So uh, he's been out uh, for the last couple of days. The big thing that they want uh, Harold Landry to do is to be able to develop that secondary pass rush move. He's got the bend, as they call it, you know, where he's able to lean and get around the corner and beat the tackle and get to the quarterback. But once opposing offensive tackles or tight ends who may be chipping or whatever figure that move out and they counter it, Landry's got to be the guy to develop a, a secondary pass rush move, whether it's some kind of twist or some kind of swim move, that sort of thing, in order to add that to his arsenal and not be as one-dimensional. Bottom line here, Terry, Titans make the playoffs this year. They'll be right on the cusp. They'll be right on the cusp again. Uh, I fully expect that they'll be in probably in the wild card hunt in the last couple of weeks of the season. They'll either be one of those teams – controlling their own destiny with some winning in or 
being there on the on the fringe and needing some help a little bit. That is Inside Titans Training Camp with Terry McCormick, publisher at TitanInsider.com. He's on Twitter at TerryMC13. Terry, appreciate the time tonight. Thanks for having me. All right, you bet. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll go to Jacksonville. We'll talk to John Reed about Jacksonville's training camp next on The Last Lap. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.